welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with... Jeff Rappaport. Today, guys, we're going to be uh, playing Is This a Deal? Um, this is some. Uh, this is something that Jeff's seen posted on a, a Facebook group, I'm guessing, and um, uh, someone just put up some information about a property, and they're asking if it's a deal and if there could be something structured uh, in, in terms of creative financing. So um, we're going to go through those together, and we're going to um, – kind of talk about the key pieces of information we need uh, to determine if it's a deal. And then, you know, I think Jeff wanted to talk about um, not trying to make every deal fit into your own mold, but, you know, taking it as, you know, is there equity there? Is, is there cash flow there? Um, and, and then just, you know, making it what it is. Is that right, Jeff? That's correct. I think what, what this is going to point out, this example is going to point out is, one, creative financing doesn't solve every problem. And we, we've talked about that. We still got to make numbers work. Uh, we, we were just talking about how I had a hotline call just yesterday, and he was trying to make things work where he could stay in the middle. And that's what I'm seeing is that there are a lot of uh, investors that are, hey, can I make this work where you know I can buy it and either lease option it or sell it on terms and stay in the middle? And it, th th there's reasons why you would want to do that, and there's reasons why you don't want to do that. And, I, and it's pretty clear, at least in my mind, that you don't want to stay in the middle unless it's well worth your while to stay in the middle. And but there's other exit strategies. So uh, the, the whole point of creative financing is to give yourself some problem solving ability and be able to look at deals in different ways, not just one way, but various ways. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, so um, you ready, Jonathan? I'm gonna put you on the spot here and we're gonna try to figure out if this is potentially a deal. All right. All right. So we've got a, a property that's um, the ARV is 340,000. There's a loan on it for 232,000. Wait, hold on back up. Sorry. Uh, yeah. 340 ARV. 340 ARV. Okay. Loan 232. Loan 232. Okay, they're behind fifteen thousand. Okay. They want fifty thousand dollars at closing. Okay. They have a PITI payment of sixteen hundred a month. Sixteen hundred. Yep. And okay. It can rent for eighteen hundred. 
Okay. And they're open to subject to, so they'd be willing to deed over the property. Okay. So the, the question online was, is this a deal where um, this person could somehow structure this in a way that they could stay in it and you know buy it and then uh, resell it? They were interested in doing it on a lease option and uh, we can talk about why that's not going to work, but um yeah uh, initial thoughts jonathan is, is this a potential deal yeah because there's enough equity there um and this sounds to me like you could uh wholesale this to an owner occupant there's probably a number of exit strategies here and um what i don't i don't see it being a, a rental that you could stay in or a rental that what, you why not what, what, what what's the first thing that stands out to you <clears throat> Great question. First thing that stands out is the monthly payment is sixteen hundred, and you can only rent it for eighteen hundred. There's no cash flow there. Um, you'd actually have a negative cash flow after you, you know, especially if you have to pay utilities on any utilities on top of that. Even if you pass that on to your your tenants, um, any repairs that come up, uh, it, it's going to be money out of your pocket. I I, I would agree. Uh, it is it is tight now. You know maybe you could actually squeeze $2,000 out of this in rent. And then of course, you know, you're going to pass on your taxes, um, potentially insurance onto your, your buyer. So maybe you could squeeze this, but based on these numbers, uh, I, I would be like, that's not really the option that I want to look at. Um, now, if I felt like we could get $2,000 a month, um, yeah, let's just look at something really quick just okay. so we get an idea. So if we took 340,000 and let's assume that we can get a 10% down payment and let's raise the price. Okay. Cause I believe that the, the property was in good condition, maybe not great, but good. Okay. But, but let's just assume that maybe we could even raise the price here. Okay. So if we did 350. ARV minus $35,000, 10% down. Okay, that's 315. 315, we're gonna enter into our calculator's present value. Yep. Um, you know, but let's say that, yeah, but let, I'm just trying to get an idea of a decent payment. Um, let's say 4.5% interest. 0.5, okay. 360 months. Okay. That would put it at about 1600, right? 1596. Yep. yep. <clears throat> um, you now at 5%, you're at 1690. Um, I don't know what the taxes run on this property. So, you know, they, they may be 130 to $200 a month, something like that. Um, but I, I, I just still see this being tight, right? Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, I, if I really wanted to be in the middle, I could be in the middle, but cash flow is not going to be my, my, my friend here. It, it's going to be pretty small. Um, 
So the only other reason I would want to stay in the middle would be what? What what can you think of? I mean, there's only two reasons to ever stay in the middle. Yeah, so if you're able to raise that price, um, that that uh, the sell price to your buyer, to your owner-occupant, um, then there's a payday coming at the end of that term. So you can stay in the middle. So equity. Yeah, I, equity, yeah. I, so right? That, yeah. So you, you, you want to get paid some money up front and then leftover equity. And uh, so the, the two reasons would be cash flow and equity, right? Yeah. So there's no way I'm staying in this for like, you know, $200 a month cash flow and, you know, hoping to make like $8,000 equity at the back end. It's right. Like, I don't need to maximize every last penny out of every last deal. And, uh, uh, personally, I, I'm going to look at what I can do with this so that I can make as much money as I can, but rather than do it over some time, let's figure out how to do it now. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So we, we've already discussed, you could stay in this, but it's, it's, this, this isn't the one you want to stay in. What else could we do with this? Um, so just wholesale it to an owner occupant. That's, that's my thoughts. All right. So right now the seller is asking about $300,000 for the property. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and the 232 with 15 behind 50. Yeah. Yeah. So give me an idea of what other potential that, uh, so when you say you could wholesale it to an owner occupant, what, what would you end up doing? <clears throat> uh, you would structure terms on it for I don't know, three years probably. Um, and then what you could do is just wholesale that your wholesale, your, your agreement to a owner occupant. And you said that, you know, if we raise the price to three fifty because it's seller financed, um, you know, you minus if we sold it to them for three fifty, you minus that. What do they want up front? Three hundred. Well, they want they want fifty thousand up front. Plus, you got to bring another fifteen to the table to bring a current. So the the seller wants sixty five thousand to come to the table. Yeah. Close. So up front, <clears throat> if you're able to sell it for three fifty and just take that ten percent. Um, wholesale fee then uh you could it's really not going to be a wholesale fee though because thirty five thousand is not covering your sixty five thousand oh yeah then you got to be into it yeah you're right um yeah i'm thinking like okay so uh you kind of stumped me there <laughs> Yeah, we've got to remember, you know, so, it's great what the buyer will do, but we've still got to get the seller taken care of here. Yeah, because that is, um, yeah, you're right. I was just thinking, like, if you were to sell it. You, right. Most likely, you're not getting a, a buyer to bring in $65,000 on no. that property. Um, yeah. that, that's close to 20%. Correct. Um. So I guess you could do 
So there's not much to stay in the middle on. Um, there's definitely enough equity in this. Yeah, uh, I'm a little lost here, Jeff. Uh, All right. Well, I'm thinking, now I'm thinking like maybe master lease option or something. No, but how does that help you? Not really, because we can't give that seller that sixty-five thousand. Yeah, that, that, that's the issue, right? Is yes, we've got to come up and figure out how to get this money to the seller. So first thing is, is that I mean, because the seller is asking fifty thousand, do we have to absolutely give the seller fifty thousand? No, no, right. Um, now in this post, I saw some responses like, "Just go offer him ten grand." Well. I, I don't know what the time frame is on this deal. Like, is there a pending sale date or anything? But I mean, why, why would the seller take 10 grand? Um, they, they could go list the property with an agent and probably get it sold really quickly and make considerably more than 10 grand. Um, yeah. Uh, even selling it for less than retail value. Right. So, um, you know, let's not get crazy here. And I always try to, I'm always starting from where the seller is asking, because obviously, you know, the, the closer we get to giving the seller what they want, most likely the closer we are to getting this deal. But yeah, that doesn't mean that we've got to offer the seller every, everything that they want all the time. Yeah. So where, where do we go with this? But Let's think about this. If the, if the seller just goes and lists this property, let's say, you know, that they list it for 315, you know, a bit of a discount because they need a semi-quick sale. Maybe it's, you know, not retail ready and, um, you know, they go and list it. They got to pay 6% commission, you know, they're Unentitled. probably around 297 plus some closing costs. Uh, maybe 294 that they would end up getting. Um, they've got to pay off the the 15,000. Um, uh, yeah. So they, they were what? Uh, 270. Um, so they're netting yep, $38,000. Yeah. Okay. And that, let's say, worst case scenario, they had to discount it another 10 grand. Um, now, uh, Chances are they're going to make somewhere between thirty and forty thousand um, dollars. Now maybe they want a really quick sale and they're willing to discount some, um, but you know to go in with offering ten. You know if the sale date's next week, totally agree. Uh, you know it's like look, you, you need someone to come in here and move super quick, and um, here's what the trade-off's going to be. But uh, if they have some time, I mean. Uh, they're not going to take just because you want them to take doesn't mean they're going to take, you know? Right. Uh, and they have other options here. So what, what, what if we just said, look, um, look, I don't know if I can get you 50, but, um, what if I got you 40 or, um, what if I got you 50, but I can't give it to you all right away. Um, uh, what, what if I give you 10 grand at closing and I owe you 40 and I will pay you that um, 40 within five, six months. Huh. Does that make sense? So really, do you think that this potentially could be um, like a wholesale? It's not really a wholesale. Oh, yeah. It'd be kind of a retail, but 
Um, depending on the condition of the property, perhaps you know what we could just buy it around that 290 range and go put it back on the market and sell it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, that's where I would be looking at. Yeah. See, I never, I didn't even consider wholetailing it. Yeah. Or retailing. So, um, one, if if you've got to come out of pocket with all of this money, yeah, um, could would there make sense where you could wholesale this to an owner occupant, like you said? Yes, there is a way that you could do it. There's two ways, really. One, you you discount the seller's amount of money that they need up front down significantly. Yeah. Um, Okay, but I, I I don't think that you're going to get it so low that you could um, still add on your fee and still feel confident that you're going to get that from an owner occupant. Yeah. However, what what if you said, look, um, I'll bring your your payments current, and I will um, I'll pay you ten grand up front at closing, and I'll pay you a couple hundred dollars a month cash flow on your 40 grand um, for three years and then you'll get paid out the balance. And then now I'm going to wholesale this for, you know, probably a $40,000 down payment. I probably come in even, you know, I don't even have to sell this at retail value. Um, uh, if he's asking 300, you know, and I'm only really hoping to make 15 ish, I can really sell this around 315. Right. Um, so does that make sense? So what we're, we're going to look at this a couple of different ways. I see that that right away to me, that 50,000 is, is a hindrance, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to get in light. And if we don't get in light, then one, we don't want to carry it, right? So either we've got to figure out a way to only give the seller a portion of their money up front, in which case now we could. That would be the way to stay in the middle, too, if you were going to stay in the middle. Uh, I still don't like it. I, I don't think that it's uh, truly worth it to stay in the middle. But um, I'm either looking to get it cashed out and or I'm, I'm trying to give the seller less money or I'm going to ask the seller to wait on some of his money. Yeah. Road. Okay, that makes sense. So... Uh, right off the bat, the things that we're looking for is, all right, we, we better know what that monthly payment is, right? Yes. And, um, and then we can do some calculations based on, hey, what would be a reasonable payment based on, you know, going interest rates right now? And we can also, th this is kind of property that we can look up what it would rent for. So, yeah. Um, but we're just not going to get too crazy outside of that 1800. There's not going to be a tremendous cash flow here. No. Uh, uh, and then depending on what the seller is willing to do. Um, so I'd probably make an offer. It's like, look, Mr. Seller, I can't give you, I could give you 50, but you got to wait on, you know, I can give you 10 now. You got to wait on 40, um, for up to three years. Yeah. Um, and I'll give him that extra couple of hundred dollars. You know, if I can bump the, his payment up, you know, I'll just give him a couple of hundred bucks. Um, you know, whether it's principal only print interest only, I, what do I care? Um, 
still makes sense for the buyer. They're still paying a reasonable payment for that house. And now I'm looking at bringing in you know, $35,000, $40,000 down payment, which is a lot more reasonable on this type of property. Yeah. And one thing we never even talked about is the condition of the property. And if that's, you know, if that's, we, I believe it's good. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not sure what good means. It, it, you know, it might be, uh, maybe re, it may be retail ready. It may not. My guess is it's probably not quite retail ready. That, that would be my guess. Yeah. Most houses are not retail ready unless, you know, that, that's the plan. Which that's okay if you're selling to an owner occupant. Yeah. Uh, but if, if it does, it. if it does need some work, then we're we're certainly going to look to discount the seller on their equity, um, because we're going to need it cheaper to you know move it however we see fit. Yeah, so I like the option of wholetailing it personally. So the, one of the things that I would want to do then is again defer some of that equity. So let, let's say we say. Hey, we, we come to an agreement that we'll give you $42,000 for your equity. Um, but do I want to come with $57,000 up front plus some no. closing costs? No, because uh, you, you're not going to really make that back. Yeah. yeah. But, well, if I do uh, even on the wholetail, so even as a down payment so I can wholetail it, I am going to get that back fairly yeah. quickly. But is that really what where I want to be? Probably not. Um, uh, you know, I, I still want to make it reasonable where I can get in, you know, for around 10% down. So, but what if I offered them 15, I'll bring the payments current 15 grand. Uh, I'll give you 10 or 15 at closing. I'll give you the balance of your equity when, you know, within the next five to six months. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Okay. Where, where I think it, the one way you could do this, you know, and pay them all of their equity up front. I mean, if I had to, um, you know, if he's like, no, I really need that money up front. Well, now we've got to discount it, right? Because um, we know we're going to bring this 15 grand. Yeah. Yeah, that has to come if in. If I can get you paid by next week, would you take 33,000, uh, 36,000? Yeah. Um, so we're going to try to keep our down payment, even though, you know, th this is, this is a good use of a down payment, right? If you could put 40, $50,000 up and then the, hopefully the next 90 days, um, you know, you, you make 20, $25,000 or so. Um, uh, and yep. Again, you're, you're right. We, we would want to verify what kind of condition the property's in and, you know, and the condition of that particular market. Um, you know, are things selling quickly? Is this, you know, what's days on the market? Um, you know, just because there's some equity doesn't mean you can sell for top value, um, you know, immediately. Yeah. Okay. Well, the biggest takeaway I had from this is thinking of all the exit strategies and wholetailing is, is one we've talked about before, but it didn't even come to my mind because when we talk about creative financing, I always think of, you know, the seller carrying some kind of note or something like that. Well, um, he would. Um, yeah, and for a short period of time. Yeah. But, but I mean, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, three years selling it to an owner rock. So it didn't even, it didn't even come to mind that we could, um, for the short term, you know, six months, nine months, uh, have them hold a note, take over those payments and then, uh, and then wholetail it. 
but that is definitely something everyone should consider, especially if there's uh, equity here. Cause when you first presented the numbers to me, I'm like, yeah, there's equity. So there's has to be a deal. And then, and then when we ran through the owner occupant and I'm like, yeah, that those numbers don't make sense. Um, again, that, you know, that, that kind of, we, we touch on the, the, uh, the aspect of don't try to make the deal fit your fit in your box. Um, right because there there's another way outside of that box. And, uh, and I think wholetailing here is that, that other well, way. And, and yeah, for me, for me to want to wholetail this, I'd probably, I probably wouldn't want to be at any more than around 80% loan to value. So that, that's probably around 270. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that means that I'd probably have to discount the seller's equity to get to that point, because I'm not going to buy this um, with the, you know, if I buy it and I put it on the market, let's say I sell for three thirty, um, you know, hopefully I could work out a deal where I only have to pay three percent commission, depending on what the market is, where I'm, where I'm doing this. Um, but hey, I might have to pay six percent. You know, that, that's twenty grand. Um, I'm going to have to pay another set of closing costs. You know, that probably could be another $2,500, $3,000. You know, so where do I end up? $300,000? You know, I certainly want to be able to make $25,000, if I'm going to take the risk and put it back on the market. You know, and then I have whatever utilities I got to deal with, um, you know, anything like that. So... I'd still want to get that discounted down because um, I think 300 is paying too much for me to take it and go put it back on the market. Yeah. Uh, if I'm a realtor, I got a realtor on my team and I can save 3%, maybe I'd be willing to do it at like 285. And, um, but remember, you know, if you only sell this for like 320, um, you know, it's eating up a good amount of your profits. <clears throat> Right. Correct. Yeah. Cool. So you'd still want to discount it. I probably would. Um, Maybe 10 grand. Um, Hey, I don't know if I can get you your 50, um, but I could probably get you 40, especially if you're willing to wait on some of it. Um, uh, What what if I bring this $15,000 debt current continue to make payments. Yep. And that's another thing that you got to keep in mind. You'll be making payments while you're, while you're holding this property of 1600 a month. And, uh, uh, and that's what I would explain to the sellers that, yep, this is really tight for me. Um, I'm trying to get you the most that you can. Um, and if it came down to it, yep. Uh, I'd push the seller away a little bit and I would say, look, Maybe your best bet is maybe I'm not your best buyer. Maybe your best bet's just to go list it with the realtor, yeah, um, and take your chances on what the market will bring and um, yeah, and when it will buy. bring it. Yeah, unless there is like a time frame that's you know fairly short, then yeah, that changes everything. Yeah. Well, another sell point here um, for the short term financing is that if you bring that loan current and then make those monthly payments again, that will improve their credit score. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, that I would always look at here too. So just a quick little twist. What, what if the, the PITI was 1400 instead of 16 and you can get 
1800. Um, now, would you want to stay in the middle? Possibly. Um, well, we still have a problem, okay? And here's the problem. Right now, the seller wants that 15 grand that needs to be reinstated, yeah. plus still wants 50 grand. Yeah. Okay? That means that I've got $65,000 out of pocket, and yeah. plus closing costs. And before, and I'm not going to be able to recoup all of that unless I sell this property outright. Right. So, does it make sense to try to stay in the middle? Not that way, it doesn't, because, you know, $400 a month cash flow, and that's if, you know, I netted that amount. Yeah. Um, and let's say I netted 600. Um, even 600. Um, would be seven seventy two hundred dollars for the year, yeah. and let's say I'm into this for oh I don't know. Let's say it took me two payments to find an owner occupant, so another three grand plus another couple grand for closing costs. You know I'm into this for um, mm -hmm. seventy thousand. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a ten percent cash on cash return approximately. Which yeah. isn't bad, but what I, I, I can tell you, I can do a lot better with seventy thousand dollars than you know make um, uh, seventy two hundred dollars um, in, in a year. twelve month period of time. Yeah, right. So, and you know, if this is your money, um, uh, you're you're locking up your money um, on a property that you spent you overspent on. It's taking away those opportunity costs that you could be doing on other deals. Um, if you're borrowing this money, then you're not getting as much cash flow, in which yeah. case your cash and cash is going down. Right. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up there then, Jeff. Yep. Um, so guys, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, and, and hopefully your takeaway is to look at all the different exit strategies and uh, run the numbers on each of them to find out what you can make. And um, I think we realized that on this deal, you, it doesn't really make sense to stay in the middle. Um, so uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Guys, we are still working on the Creative Financing Academy behind the scenes here. Um, kind of takes a lot of work and effort on our part to get that up and going but we want to let you guys know that it's uh it, it is in the works and uh, we'll be rolling that out shortly i can't say when at this point because um, i'm hoping by the end of september so uh, that would put us around two weeks from now uh but end of september first week of october yeah so know that that's coming. And if you're interested in that, give our creative financing hotline a call 877-409-8090. Um, and we'll, we'll get you on the list for that. Um, and, and can I just make it clear what that is? Yes, please. 100% focus on creative financing, putting together and structuring offers and looking at exit strategies for whatever you are. I don't care if you're a rehabber or buy and hold, a wholesaler. Um, it's about looking at deals in different ways and being able to structure offers, becoming competent at doing that.
Yeah. And it's, so it's a lot of practice. It's an online course, obviously. Um, so it's visual and, uh, but it's mostly practicing running numbers, uh, and following along, um, with Jeff and, uh, using your financial calculator to, to run these numbers. Um, and that's the only way you're going to learn how to do this is by practicing. So great point, Jeff. Guys, you can find all of our episodes at the creative financing podcast.com. So if you can't get your episodes in your uh, podcast player, um, go to our website for, uh, you know, the first of our episodes. Um, and then we're on Facebook at the creative financing podcast and Instagram as well. So you can find us in all those places. Jeff, any last words? Uh, working, we have an apprentice program that is focused more on wholesaling, um, working with people all over the country. Um, obviously in our business, there is a creative financing component, even when we wholesale. Um, if you're interested in learning and working with us, um, give the hotline a call. I'd be happy to chat with you. And we are zero pressure in terms of sales. Um, and it's super cheap. Uh, it's cheaper than anything you will see out there. And because um, it's not really about us, it's going to be more about you. I I'm only interested in working with people that, hey, before the end of the year, so less than three months, less than 90 days away, you want to make a big change in your life. Um, you know, you want to start making, you know, whether you want to quit your job or, you know, supplement your income, whatever the case may be. So, it's a program structured around people that have full-time jobs and families. So if you're interested, call the hotline, let me know. I'll get back to you personally. Cool. Okay, guys, till next time, go out there and create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.